Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast series. I'm Dr. Susan Matson, founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University. I'm hosting this podcast in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. Today, I'll be sharing some research that we have found that focuses on how understanding gender differences can actually help us raise girls and boys, for that matter, to be more confident and competent. And by the way, I believe that each of us, whether we're a parent or not, can help raise girls and boys around us in any setting. As the African proverb says, it takes a village to raise a child. So at the project, we do have a four-hour curriculum series called Understanding Gender that you can participate in that will provide much more information than I'll give today or in this three-part series. This is just a taste of some great content we have collected on this topic. And usually on this podcast, we do have guests. But for this one and two other episodes, it'll just be me talking about why gender matters. So in his book, Why Gender Matters, Uh, Dr. Leonard Sachs states, the failure to recognize and respect gender differences in child development has done substantial harm. The lack of awareness of gender differences has had the unintended result of reinforcing gender stereotypes. In fact, he believes that the result is actually more girls uploading sexualized and provocative photos into their Instagram and Snapchat, and more boys spending hours playing violent video games. Of course, not everybody agrees with him. So this current trend to attempt to be gender neutral, I'm putting quote marks up, be gender neutral or gender blind, and to ignore gender may, at least according to some, actually reinforce gender stereotypes. Now, it isn't simple, and the researchers have found that removing gender to try and avoid stereotyping could actually have a reverse effect. In fact, Stanford University researchers also found that gender-blind education could lead to a strengthening of gender stereotypes, which could result in fewer girls taking science courses, does this sound familiar, and fewer boys studying art and literature. Now, this can happen when parents and educators and other influencers discount the impact gender has on children and and just kind of expect boys to like math and science and expect girls to like language, art, and social sciences. We could miss the chance to provide opportunities for each boy and girl, young woman, young man, or man and woman, and those with other gender identities to realize their potential. So the more we know about sex and gender, the more we can be intentional about our choices to raise and influence. So today, let me share some research findings related to the difference in terms of brain and touch. So let me provide some background information first. According to research, we are genetically programmed before birth, and our biological sex is established by 26 weeks. The group of hormones called androgens are responsible for female and male attributes. One key androgen hormone that most people are really familiar with is testosterone. Androgens facilitate communication between cells throughout the entire body. Think of androgens or receptors as the lock, and the hormone is the key that fits into the lock to connect the two together, and they make our body systems work. Now, males generally have higher levels of androgens, and both males and females experience an increase in androgens at puberty. 
the X chromosome in females and in males give them similar traits. However, the Y chromosome in males is directly responsible for the differences. There are varying degrees of male and female. So for example, there are really girly girls and then tomboys. There's a continuum of gender, and there are variations along the sliding scale. Now, all boys and all girls don't fit into the exact girl or boy box. We must understand that each child is unique and develops their own degree of masculinity or femininity. In fact, uh, biology and culture play a role in how gender and sex develop over time. Now, I'll use the words sex and gender interchangeably, but really they're both different. Sex refers to biological differences between males and females, while gender refers to, quote, socially constructed characteristics of women and men, such as norms and roles and relationships, and they could vary from society to society. Now, that's a bit of uh, background there, but I want to move on now, and let's talk about the brain. We'll talk about the differences between men and women, boys and girls. Now, I'm not a brain expert, but I've studied research for years on girls and women, and so this material comes from scholarly research, and the references are on the Utah Women and Leadership Project website under resources and curriculum. Now, scientists know that the brain is made up of gray matter and white matter, and both types of brain matter contribute to our IQ. Gray matter is made up of structures that process power, like computers. White matter is made up from myelinated fibers that act as connectors between gray matter and gray matter structures, like cables. Now, many studies have confirmed that gray matter and white matter vary between sexes. Researchers have found that male brains contain approximately 6.5 times more gray matter related to intellectual processing than female brains. I'm going to pause for a second. Think about that. However, female brains contain nine times more white matter linked with intelligence than males. So one study was conducted specifically to determine how gender differences impact brain matter. And researchers found that regardless of the amount of gray matter or white matter, both females and males have comparable IQs. However, for the study participants performing math problems, the patterns of brain activation observed varied by gender. So gender differences seem to correlate with first uh, variations in the amount of gray matter and white matter that was stimulated, two, the region stimulated in the brain, and three, the intensities of the activation. So this evidence really suggests that there are two separate gender-related modes for operating intelligence, and neither one is superior to the other. They're just different. Female brains carry a greater number of linkages between the right and left part of the brain. Some researchers say this is why women are better at basing decisions both on analytical, the left part of the brain, as well as intuitive, the right part of the brain. A male brain, on the other hand, has more linkages between the front and back part of the brain. In addition, according to scientists, the cerebellum of the male brain has more connections between the left and the right part of that region than in the female brain. This indicates that men can master complex movement sequences such as skiing or driving more easily. The limbic system is more pronounced in the female brain. The limbic system is responsible for the emotional evaluation of social and interpersonal interactions, such as conversations. 
And the idea that it is more profound or pronounced for females has led to the assumption that girls and women are more sensitive and emotionally evaluating social interactions that take place. So I've, I've heard that in, in many research studies. So males and females use different parts of the brain for spatial tasks. Women use the cerebral cortex, and men use the hippocampus. The hippocampus is pre-wired to function as a dedicated microprocessor for spatial geometry in males. This may make boys more comfortable with math at a much earlier age than girls, but girls can excel at math, especially when they are able to relate math concepts in the real world. Now, since girls use their cerebral cortex for high cognitive function, the areas of the brain that encompass language and fine motor skills mature earlier in girls. Consequently, some girls will excel in language and arts. Boys can also excel in language and arts. However, their needs around these topics are unique, and we need to help boys develop these skills. Now, before I continue, I do want to note that according to Dr. Angela Megan, the author of a book called Gender, the Brain, and Education. She said, we must remember that we are not talking about what is better or more advantageous than the other. We're talking about the differences in males and females that create unique systems of strengths and challenges so that parents and teachers can provide the necessary resources for each child to reach their potential, end of quote. Understanding the brain, at least the differences between genders with gray matter and white matter, at least a little bit, helps us imagine or reimagine how gender relates to thinking and learning styles. Now let's talk about girls for a minute. Although this is not set in stone, researchers have found that most young girls excel in verbal ability, often begin speaking earlier than boys, and on average, use more words than boys. In fact, some studies have found that females tend to have better reading comprehension and writing ability as adults than males. Studies have also shown that most females are more adept at retrieving information from long-term memory. Again, not all girls fit into the same box, but knowing the research can be helpful. Now, interestingly, other researchers found that females retain stronger and more vivid memories of events than males. Their emotional memories are activated easily, and they have richer, more intense recall of memories in large part because of the role of the cerebral cortex. Now, the cerebral cortex plays a key role in attention, perception, awareness, thought, memory, language, consciousness. I know that I tend to have more recall of memories than my husband, but I must say he can remember every detail of what we did while we were dating before marriage. And I, I was taking uh, 18 credits, working 25 hours a week, and must not have paid enough attention during those months. Now let's talk about boys for a minute. Some studies have found that males tend to zone out easier than females. Most boys and men, after a stressful or emotional experience, need time to disengage from the event, and they don't want to talk about it as much. So studies have shown that males have less tactile sensitivity, which means that some boys are at a disadvantage related to touch. In addition, boys and men tend to be less effective multitaskers and are better at learning through doing tasks and can focus on a goal. Researchers have also found that males have superior visuospatial skills 
They are better at visualizing complex two- or three-dimensional shapes and adjusting for angles and tracking movement. In fact, when I speak, I I do speak often about hunters versus gatherers in discussions about ancient times. Women could multitask and were the gatherers, and men could focus on one thing incredibly intensely, like killing a buffalo. Those increased levels of testosterone came in very handy for this task for sure. Interestingly, researchers have said that male brains have 15% less blood flow than female brains. So what does that mean? Does it really matter? Well, according to researchers, the female brain is smaller than the male brain, but that's generally the case when you compare all female and male internal organs. Blood flow affects the activity of the nearby neurons, changing how they transmit signals to each other. Boy brains transmit information differently in some areas of the brain, and the blood flow is one of those differences. More blood flow in the frontal cortex helps control impulses and maintain focus, and more blood flow in the limbic or emotional parts of the brain may explain why women are considered more empathetic and intuitive, although it may also explain why women have higher anxiety as well. Blood flow is just another way that the brains are different by sex, not better or worse, just different. In his book, Dr. Leonard Sachs stated, which sex is more intelligent or which has the better brain is just about as meaningful as arguing which utensil is better, a knife or a spoon. That's the end of quote. You can make math appealing to girls and reading appealing to boys by understanding how to teach with gender. And we all teach, whether we're a teacher or a parent or a relative or a neighbor. We, If we understand how the brain is wired for males and females, we can find methods that work with the male brain and the female brain. Researchers have found that there are no differences in what boys and girls can learn, but how boys and girls use their brains may be different. So now I want to switch to the second topic for today. It's a little bit shorter, and that is touch. But I'll actually only focus on touch as it relates to the research around toys. This research overlaps with the brain, already discussed, and some in the next episode on sight and other topics like that, Um, just, again, related to understanding gender. I believe you'll find that very interesting. A 2012 study from Texas A&M University tracked the eye movements and the hormone levels of three-month-old baby boys. The boys were monitored to see how much time they spent staring at dolls versus how much time they spent looking at more male toys, like balls and trucks. The result? The more male hormones the baby boys had, the more time they logged looking at stereotypical male toys. Now, there are some current trends emphasizing that you should give boys and girls gender-neutral toys to play with so that the child can choose for themselves if they want to play with traditionally girls, girl or traditionally boy toys. The thinking behind this is it might help boys be more empathetic if they play with dolls and girls more spatially oriented if they play with trucks. Yet studies have shown that preferences may be shaped before the child is aware of gender identity or what it means to be a boy or a girl. Infant girls show a preference for dolls, while infant boys are more visually responsive to trucks. Innate differences in toy preferences are enhanced as the child matures and experiences gender socialization. 
But some researchers argue that the genesis of boys favoring trucks and girls favoring dolls begins before socialization, at least according to some studies. Now, to be clear, I don't think all of these things are concrete. I just think it's interesting to know some of the studies behind sex and gender so that we can think about it as we raise and teach and influence. Let's continue the toy conversation as I find it so fascinating. There are different, whole different set of studies that focus on whether girls innately prefer dolls, but these studies are performed on another animal entirely, monkeys. Why? Well, monkeys have never been told that dolls are girl toys. They're not subject to the same social pressures, pressures that human children experience. The studies of monkeys determined that they have genetically specific, gender-specific toy preferences, and they're actually quite similar to ours. For example, a 2002 study showed that female vervet monkeys adored dolls and males loved toy trucks. They even played with trucks in the same way that small children do. Gender-neutral toys, like a stuffed animal, a dog, or a picture book, were adored equally by all monkeys. In 2008, this experiment was repeated with a different kind of monkey, and something interesting happened. Male monkeys wanted to play with masculine toys all of the time. But the female monkeys showed, quote, greater variability in preferences, end of quote, meaning they liked dolls a little more than the other toys, but they were open to all kinds of toys overall. Isn't that interesting? Some researchers have found that boys are more likely to be able to build a bridge out of blocks than a girl because of their ability to see spatial references and how structures fit together. Other studies have shown that the ability to access areas of the brain responsible for understanding movement mature earlier in boys and girls. This could explain why some male brains are better at navigating, but it doesn't mean that the female brains don't. It just means that we need to understand these differences. So navigating relates to playing with toys, but it could relate to so many other topics as well. Dr. Diane Halpern, former president of the American Psychological Association, wrote about how culture and socialization impact biology when she said, quote, culture stretches biology end of quote. She, she said that a male's preference to play with a truck is hardwired because we see it across different species, but the effect is more pronounced because of the social construction of gender, and that exaggerates and exasperates the hardwired difference. So basically, you know, some are hardwired, and then we nurture. We nurture in our environment and socialize. Both boys and girls come hardwired with preferences for what they might play with, even before they understand and culture and what's expected. While nurture and nature are related, we also have a path to a different and more equitable future by valuing different parts of our biological strengths so that culture isn't limited to one domain or one dominant view of biology. So lots of information in this podcast episode today. Let me wrap up this episode on gender differences in terms of the brain and touch, we can immediately approach our or change our approach, at least subtly, as we choose to impact kids and teens and adults by recognizing there are some brain differences between boys and girls and men and women. 
These differences do not change the ability of boys and girls to learn, grow, and thrive. Even though so much of the female and male brains are the same, scientists have found over 100 gender differences between them. The importance of these differences can't be overstated, and understanding these differences opens the door to understanding and appreciating the different genders, and it also helps us understand how to maximize what each individual needs to do their best. This information gives us power to make better choices about influencing and to not put people into firm buckets or boxes or categories. It can help us think about individuals, to think about each girl and boy and each young man and young woman and how we might positively influence them so they can all learn and grow the best ways possible. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast series hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. Thanks to Emily Colby for her technical support. Our core mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. To learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. Thank you.